0: go.
1: A party.
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as Hi, the Mom. world famous Smoking and Toasting. Welcome, my friends, to show number 266, where we will talk about the best cigars of 2021, as well as a host of other, uh, I think, uh, quasi interesting topics. Random things, so, including
1: yeah, Nicolas Cage. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, anytime you throw Nicolas Cage in, <laughs> it's always a party.
1: I'm only alluding to that because we had a few episodes of way back where we back to back had Nicholas Cage, Cage stuff conversations. Yeah, yeah. well and, and
2: even a photo of him in guess, what looked know, like pajamas. Uh, so it was pretty <laughs> was pretty interesting. Uh welcome to show it's number, number two hundred and sixty six and uh we are thrilled to be here and thrilled that you guys are on with us. Uh I have to say a, a huge thanks to Ian for jumping in and doing a sort of a mini show last week. I I, you know, man,
1: I'm so I'm so glad that guy showed up to make it easy.
2: Yeah, I know it was great. Oh, oh you're talking about me? Yeah, <laughs> Yes, yes that's
1: exactly. Right.
2: It was it was the first time in 266 episodes that I missed a show because I was sick. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I know. I, uh, it, it, I've you know I've been out of town a few shows, and usually you would you know line up a a co-host to do the show with you, and yeah. and uh, but this one I kind of called you at the last minute, and I said, man, I don't think I'm going to make it. Now my plan, I, I thought I had a plan B which was for me to do the show over Skype like you have done a right, time or two right. when you needed to be at home, right, uh, or, or at another location. The problem is because of where I was having to spend most of my time, I would have been Skyping in from my bathroom where I would have
1: been seated on the toilet. I mean, you could have toilet. just put something up behind you and, and worn a, a nice worn shirt. A nice we shirt. might not yeah. have known. But the amount of times I would have to mute. The uh, mic
2: would have been, uh, you know, would have been. Yeah, it wouldn't have been great. It wouldn't have been great. <laughs>
1: does does Chris have a, a, a blood vessel showing up on his forehead? There be like a vein showing I'm, up. His I'm forehead? getting
2: uh, I'm getting notes of.
1: Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: those aren't the notes I was looking for. So uh, so anyway, thank you for uh, So apparently last in.
1: week was just a potty show.
2: It was it was. <laughs> you know how you say that sounds like a party? That would have been a little bit different. Oh, that uh, it sounds like a, a potty. Yeah,
1: Sploosh. yeah. So. so So
2: thankfully, uh, I'm doing much better, and I'm ready and excited to uh, be a part of the show again. I missed being here. It was like, you know, at the time, I was like, I didn't really feel... Much like doing a show, anyway. But uh, the, as I was getting things ready this week, it's like I really missed being yeah, here see doing what the you show. Get when last you miss week. one,
1: yeah. So you know, and I just did a short show last week because I didn't have anything prepared for it. Right, because I called
2: you last minute and
1: said, "Dude, I'm not going to make and, it." So I want to, I want to put this out there. I have a couple friends that I called to see if, uh, see if they could come on the show. Of and course, that was also very last minute. It was incredibly last minute, and I was already out and about, so I didn't have any beer or whiskey. So I was like. My, my list of demands on the friends that I called was, oh, I also need you to bring yeah. all the beer. Yeah. Can you show and, up in and like 15 whiskey. minutes and bring a whole bunch of booze? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> in this real world that we live in, I don't always live in it, but in the real world that most people live in, they have, uh, what do you call those things? Jobs. Jobs. Yes. Day jobs. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I understand and, and people appo- apparently, people have you Apparently, know, with 45 minutes to go, they can't just be like... Hey, uh, I have to leave my job right now to go get beer and whiskey and do this show. <laughs> yeah. Amazingly, that's frowned upon by some
2: employees. You know, you guys
1: are going to have to get different jobs yeah, out there. Yeah, you really are. You
2: know. Ian, Ian may need you. You never know when.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh,
1: well, we will try to make that
2: up to you today because I have brought the beer and the spirits. And today we'll be tasting from Cellis Brewery in Austin, their Peche. It's a Belgian style peche now, beer. Cellis is known for yeah.
1: their for their uh Hefeweizen. yes, and and
2: they're white. I'm uh, oh, sorry, they're yeah. white ale. Yeah, the yeah, the white, white ale
1: is is their big that yeah, was really Salis their white.
2: claim to fame. Yep. You know, they're not as old as Saint Arnold, but they are one of the older yeah. craft breweries in Texas. And um this is their peche, which is a Belgian style beer, but it is peach yeah. infused, which is what peche means. Actually I think peche also means evil in like French. But I don't think it's an evil uh, Belgian beer. I think it's a, a peach Belgian <laughs> beer. So we'll be I trying mean, that.
1: Maybe it's evil peach.
2: And I've been holding on to this one for a while uh, because we had, uh, uh, you know, we had several other things happen that we missed last week. But Bell's Brewery has a new double IPA called Mars. Mars. And it's very space looking from the uh, from the label. I think. All right. So I, I know you're a big fan of bells. I'm a big. Fan I'm a of big bell's. fan of IPA. So we'll see. we see what happens if there. The Twain
1: shall meet. I mean, they kind of they kind of nailed it with their two hearted I know. So yeah. Yeah. They. What are they going
2: to do? I don't know. This is. It certainly looks different. I can tell you that. So we'll see. And then from Odd Side Ales, an imperial stout called Hazel's Nuts.
1: And <laughs> You know, I saw that on the show notes, and it made me giggle. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm Hazel's just, nuts. Yeah, at least it isn't
1: D's nuts. The potty humor. Although we've had that. The potty humor is strong with these last few episodes. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> January is uh, potty humor month for uh, Smoking and Toastin, yeah, apparently.
2: That's right. Apparently, it's uh, it's arrived, <laughs> and, and here we are. Um, and then a uh, tequila that I brought in today, the Primera Mono Tequila Añejo, which is uh, spending a moment twirling on Mr. Twirly Gig there. Now, if, so. you,
1: guys, if you guys saw Mr. Twirlygig when we started up uh, the show. Uh, I don't know if if, uh, some of you... Getting in a little late, but Cruz has once again uh, made sure in the in the efforts of safety to clear the neck of the bottle and and, and break the seal w- on
2: remove it. that uh, annoying plastic that they put yeah at the the, top. yeah and the yeah.
1: annoying top part of the liquid so yeah, it doesn't see, spill anywhere right, when yeah. you open I, it. I, I, you know I'm all about safety and these so are, I won't get a plastic cut right I don't have to worry about spilling whiskey. We go here above and tequila. beyond the OSHA
2: requirements here. That's on pretty Smoking amazing. That's pretty Man, amazing. That's yeah. how we do it. Speaking of tequila, I hope our uh, our tequila expert uh, Liliana Rodriguez is is, is I listening, um, I am proud to announce that we have already confirmed for Liliana to be here for our Cinco de Mayo show, which will be the show just before Cinco de Mayo. And I'm always so excited when she's on the show. Awesome. She's yeah. so much fun. Because not only do we drink a lot of tequila, which is great, uh, but she's just she's just a blast. I love having her on the show. Yes. So, uh, so looking forward to absolutely that. Absolutely wonderful. A uh, lot of interesting things to talk about. I, I did mention the cigar aficionado list of the uh, best cigars of 2021 mm-hmm. is out. So we'll parse that, see what we think. And uh, um, then we have some other things to uh, to talk about. Uh, Smoke and Tobacco has named Undercrown their cigar of the year. Nice. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then um, there's a New Mexico is proposing an enormous tax hike on cigars. We'll tell you about that. And then cigar prices in general are expected to rise in 2022, even though 2021 was one of the best years ever for premium cigar sales. So I, I don't know, you know, I, I suppose supply chain issues affect everything and, you know, cost of shipping and everything else goes up. So I can I can see why some cigar companies are uh, you know are I mean our, our, our,
1: our government looks at it and goes, you know, we made actually some money on that very small percentage of mm-hmm. the uh, income. Mm-hmm. And uh, since we're busy driving up, you know, national debt. We should tax that very small portion. we should, of the, we should even take more.
2: We should take a small chunk I'm out of that. I'm pretty by sure taxing. at this point we
1: pay more in taxes than we do for the cigar. I'm pretty sure we do. Yeah. And it, especially in some states. And that is Especially in
2: some states, yeah, it's absolutely true. Um we uh, do want to mention a uh, special thanks to our guest from show number 264 Jake Clement from the Texas Whiskey Festival and you're going to that uh, this year, aren't yes, you? Yes, yes, I'll so. be there on Friday night. Fun times. That's That'd
1: gonna be, awesome. be that's in uh, a May right May thirteenth yep, yep. coming, uh, mm-hmm.
2: coming up in May. Yes, so yep. we have that. We have that.
1: Now I have to mention that I did watch uh,
2: your your uh, abbreviated show last mm-hmm. week. And I was immediately jealous. Not only that you were handling the show because just because of the way just, I did the well, well, just fine. I, mean, I nailed me. that well, well. Yeah. Oh, yes, I know. And and you were handling the show just fine without me. And, and why do you think I got better and got back?
0: You
1: know, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't
2: need you getting any
1: ideas. Uh, you know, I, you know, every time Chris Hart tells me that I don't really need that guy and he's holding me back, he I, does I mention thinking, that to you a lot. Does he? Keep thinking, man. <laughs> maybe Chris is on to something. Well, uh
2: in addition to uh you know being jealous of you doing the show on your own, I was also really jealous
1: of the cigar you reviewed. Uh you know, uh so that cigar, it's a Really freaking good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like,
2: I, I saw the picture of it coming out. I was like, oh, no. Is that so <laughs> really I, I haven't had good. one yet. So yeah. I'm, I'm saving up my money so I can buy one. Because yeah, Even like, at
1: that price point, yeah, it got a six. Uh, that's amazing. That's absolutely crazy. It's just amazing. Well, did you smoke anything interesting this week? You know, uh, it's funny you should ask because I did. I had a feeling. This week I went in and I found something. This is something I haven't had before. This is an Alec and Bradley. Uh, Kensugi. Now, this is not Alec Bradley. Okay, it's Alec and Bradley. Right,
2: but it is from the same. But it guys. is Alec Bradley. Yeah, right.
0: So, so they so just label the, it up. story. Different.
1: Yeah, the story. The story behind that is uh, the gentleman. And I'm blanking on his name. Right. Let me see. I think actually. Let me see if I have that right here. Uh, the information. So uh, the guy at uh, Casa that you talked to. Uh, hold on, I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, Alan Rubin's uh, ah, company gotcha. is called Alec Bradley, and it's named after his two sons, Alec and Bradley. Right. Uh, well, Alec uh, Alec is 28 now, and Bradley is 24 now, and they're making their own cigars, and they're mm-hmm. called Alec and Bradley. So they're gotcha. under the Alec Bradley name, but it's Alec and it's Bradley. It's kind of a division of Of Alec. Alec. Yeah. Bradley. Gotcha. <laughs> Not to be confusing. Well, and this I'll, was the Kinsugi. I'll
2: I'll just before you go, I'll tell you I've had this cigar and I found it to be quite good.
1: This is the Kinsugi. I had the Robusto. This is a five x fifty. This is a, a Honduran Habano wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan and Honduran binder and filler. Uh, this is made in Honduras. Um, the appearance mm-hmm. on this has this large uh, dual Kinsugi purple, white, and gold band. Kinsugi is. Uh, is uh, what the was uh, uh, it japanese i believe it's japanese yes it's japanese, it's yes. japanese and trying it's, to remember it's what the art it of like for. when they when they repair a pot right a, right like pottery when they pottery, put the they pieces put back, together they put the pieces back together and what they do is they uh, outline it in gold where right. the cracks were, they just highlight that in gold before they put uh, the finish over the top. And it Actually, of makes the glass. pottery more valuable than it was and before. It, yeah, it grew. and it yeah. looks incredibly cool because now you have this this uh, this patchwork with the gold outline. It, it almost looks like um, like like a what do you call it? like a stained glass window mm-hmm. kind of effect. Mm-hmm. You know how it has the lines in between it and everything. And that's what that's what kintsugi is. So it's named after that. The um uh it, it has this purple. Uh, Purple band on it that says Kintsugi, and then on the around the sides of it, and you'll see in some of the pictures, it has a white area with gold, uh, with gold going through it, like Mm -hmm. a Kintsugi Mm -hmm. pot would have. Um, the uh, band covers a, an easy half of the cigar. Like, it's an yeah. enormous it gets, band. yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of like uh, the Camacho
2: bands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs>
1: gigantic. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the the cigar itself had a firm feel, light brown, smooth and leathery to the touch, a little bit oily. Uh, very few veins overall. The pre-light sniff on this, I got uh, classic tobacco, light and fruity kind of notes, and some barnyard going on. On the pre-light draw I got um, I used a clip it had a very light draw uh, I got sweet creamy cappuccino some tea leaf uh, leather hints of earth and hay wood and tea leaf on the lips it the wrapper left this really nice flavor on the lips uh, the initial light of this was uh, campfire wood white pepper with an underlying sweetness It's kind of a lot of stuff going on with your initial light mm-hmm. uh, considering a lot of Nicaraguan cigars as opposed to this Honduras cigar have the Nicaraguan Pepper Blast, and that's really pretty much what you taste. Well,
2: it's interesting you say that because I was looking back at my notes from when I reviewed this cigar, Yeah. and one of the things I said was, uh, uh, most of the time, I have to get at least half an inch into a cigar before I can get a feel for what it's going to be like, and the first half inch or so is more like one note, like pepper or cedar, Mm -hmm. but that was not the case with the Kintsugi. Yeah, this one's
1: complex right out of the the gate, so to speak. Mm -hmm. The first third of this, I got coffee and leather. I got this cashew sweetness kind of underlying. Oak, toast, and sweet floral notes show up Wood and light spiciness on the lips Uh, The retrohale was oak, toast, white pepper Um, Solid ash, perfect burn As a matter of fact, I tipped the ash on here exactly three times One for each third of the cigar Wow, that's pretty cool (laughs) It was almost perfect, right? I like that Uh, The second third of the cigar, lighter flavors uh, uh, recede, and earthy, bitter chocolate and leather kind of take over. Cinnamon lingers on the tip of the tongue a little bit. Uh, Oaky notes turn to cedar and lightly charred toast. White pepper remains true in the background along with cashew sweetness. The retrohale is cedar, chocolate, toast, and white pepper. Solid ash, perfect burn. Mm. I never... Even got even tasted on me. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> the uh, last third sort of this, I started getting this stone fruit or like, like, like right next to the peach pit, you know, that kind of mm-hmm, bitterness you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got that appearing in there in kind of a pleasant <clears> way <throat> alongside with the sweet, nutty coffee and chocolate flavors. It was very nice, kind of contrast to it. So uh, that was that was really nice. So even though it had that bitterness show up, it was a good kind of bitter. Uh, toast and pepper are constant throughout. Retro is cedar chocolate and white pepper. Solid ash, perfect burn. I paid $8 uh, plus tax for this cigar. I give it a solid 5 It's worth every penny of $8. It's That's a fantastic great. cigar at that. And that will now become one of my kind of go-to in that price range uh, as I really, really enjoyed the complexity of the flavor profile.
2: Looking back at at my notes on it, one of the things I said was that the cigar tastes expensive. You because of the way the the flavor the profile is, you yeah, just yeah. you just feel like you're smoking an expensive. Cigar. It
1: has a good feel in the hand too. It mm-hmm. has that solid like well constructed feel in the hand too. Mm-hmm. So. Well, interestingly enough, I also smoked an Alec Bradley
2: this week. Ah, but I had a little bit different experience than yours. So let me tell you about the Alec Bradley American Sun Grown Robusto. That okay. I All right. It's uh, it was a nice looking cigar, a little rugged. It was a five by fifty. Uh, it had a mottled looking dark brown wrapper leaf. That's a Nicaraguan sun grown. Habano uh, tobacco leaf. Uh, The binder and filler are also all Nicaraguan. And I believe I remember reading about this, that they didn't necessarily set out to make a Nicaraguan puro. That's just the blend they wound up liking and what they came up with. So notes of earth, leather, and rich tobacco on the pre-light. I uh, actually used my cigar scissors on this one to uh, clip and lit it up. Uh, Not a big Nicaraguan pepper blast on the uh, first puff. But I could tell it was it was distinctly spicy. It just right. wasn't that boom of pepper that you know we've come to right, identify right. as the Norwegian metal band called <laughs> Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan Pepper, pepper Blast. Yeah, uh, but
1: uh, I wasn't... which means something totally different in uh, Norwegian, by the way.
2: I think so. Yeah, and it's spelled with like
1: seventeen <laughs> letters yeah. for each and word. And I think it's
2: something sexual that it actually means. So
1: um,
2: the the frustration though about this cigar is I wasn't able to concentrate on the flavors as much because the the cigar. Almost immediately started to canoe.
1: I'm going to uh, point out, I'm looking at the picture of that cigar uh, pre Mm-hmm. That's an ugly cigar. Yeah, well, you know, it' a little rugged. It's, it's rustic. A little rugged, <laughs> rustic, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, well, and, and as sometimes can be the case with a cigar that looks like that, um, yeah, it started burning uneven, a really funky burn from the very beginning. It was bad enough that by the first three-quarters of an inch, I had to use a lighter to touch it up, and that did seem to help. But that's awfully early to be pulling out the lighter for a touch-up, right? Uh, Once the burn started to even out, I definitely got a leathery note from the cigar uh, with a bit of nuttiness and a distinct white pepper on the retrohale. By the second third, I was getting a bit of cedar along with the leather and a little bit of a hint of citrus zest. But even after I tended it with the lighter... The burn took off in a pretty bad run on one side, almost like it was just trying to resist my efforts to get an even burn. You just had
1: one side of the cigar racing against the other. I touched it up again about the halfway
2: point. I will mention that even with the uneven burn, the ash was very firm and held on well, despite the wrapper's burn problems. Leather remained the predominant note all the way through. The final third did give me some hints of black coffee, and the citrus note disappeared completely. I finally got some of that Nicaraguan style black pepper in the last third uh-huh. as well. Uh, the American sun Robusto is not an expensive cigar. It comes in at around six bucks uh, for the Robusto. I'd be tempted to give it a five for the flavors, but not with these burn issues. It's just, it was was a bit too much, right? Uh, I do get that sun-grown leaves do not burn as consistently and as evenly Mm -hmm. as some other wrappers. So you you will expect maybe uh, a bit of an uneven burn sometimes when you're uh, using a sun-grown wrapper. At least in my experience, that's been the case. But when I had to go back and tend it for a third and a fourth time, I just felt that that, that was a little, little too much uh, for a cigar that's That's, that's just construction yeah. issue at that point. Uh, I did enjoy the flavors, but not enough to make me recommend it, given its issues. The burn actually made the cigar smoke a little hot on one side by the final third. That negatively impacted the flavors as well. I may try another one to see if I have better luck. Uh, because it did show promise, you know? Uh, but based on this particular stick, a price to quality would be a 4. So That's for those of I you who
1: aren't entirely sure about, like, what... When we talk about a cigar burning a little too hot, mm-hmm. that adds a lot of bitterness and off flavors when the, a cigar burns too hot. The same thing
2: can happen if you're smoking a cigar and it's really windy, and the wind is causing the cigar to burn, to burn faster, faster yeah. and a little too hot. You're not quite getting the same flavor. That's what, When I know I'm going to s- smoke a cigar in the wind... That's why I always go with a less expensive cigar. Because right, right. I don't wanna I don't wanna risk uh, you know, not being able to, to get all the flavor complexity yeah. of something that I that I really, really love. So I actually try to keep a few, you know, dog walker type cigars for when I right. really wanna smoke, but I know it's gonna be windy.
1: Well, and you could tell too, like there are certain cigars that will tolerate burning a little hotter and mm-hmm. be okay with it. Yes, that's true. Um, but But in general, if your cigar starts burning too hot or you keep having to tend it and it's burning hot, uh, you'll end up with some bitter flavors, especially in some off-putting flavors. And
2: when you get a cigar that canoes or does a run on one side and one side is burning hotter than the other, you can actually sometimes tell that on your lips. The side of oh, the cigar right. that's burning hotter, your lips will be hotter on that side <laughs> than than they are on the cooler side. So yeah, so it's not the best smoking experience. Again, the flavors were pretty good, but uh, it was it was too hard to concentrate. So on So you them.
1: mentioned though that the uh, the, the sun grown uh, leaves sometimes burn a little less even. Um. Mm-hmm. I will tell you uh, when I think of uh, sungrown. I always think of that Ashton VSG, the VSG, and those don't burn crooked those, at all. Those do they? are brilliant cigars. Yeah,
2: but that's but that's a much more expensive that cigar a, than this. That, that is, and so they over maybe, double the price. They easily, may be using yeah. a you know just a a, a more premium uh, yeah, pick yeah. of a leaf uh, that they use to wrap that in. But uh, yeah, there are certain I've noticed that corojo wrappers and sungrown wrappers, mm-hmm. in my opinion, are a little more prone to burn unevenly. Although on a good cigar, they can burn a little uneven and it doesn't impact. The flavor and it doesn't require constant touch-ups, and that's what I kept hoping well, I'll tell for you, with this. Alec
1: Bradley with me is one of those where when I see something new from them, I'll always mm-hmm. try it because well, I love the Kintsugi. That's that's a really wonderful. I hadn't wonderful had it cigar. before, and that was fantastic. Yeah, and I will great. definitely have those. But man, I'm I'm generally like when they come out with something new, I'm always gonna try. It might not be my f- flavor profile, but it's always generally a good quality product. Right. So I'm gonna go ahead and tend to think that that your your construction issues might have been a one-off. Yeah. I hope, you know. Alex, Alec
2: Bradley, Prenzato? Prenzato. Prenzato? Yeah. Man, that's, that's a crazier. wonderful cigar. Magic
1: Toast is good. Oh,
2: Magic Toast is wonderful, yeah, yes. Is so nice. there's there's a lot of great stuff in their lineup. So. The Max. The Max is good. And, mm-hmm. and I love their... Um, um, what do you call them? The uh, the ones with the where the the band goes in almost the whole cigar and it's yes. the black market. Yes, yes, yeah, that's another great cigar. So yeah.
1: so they make a lot
2: of great products. Maybe Alec Brand, I mean, just, you
1: should just send us a bunch of cigars and we'll talk about them.
2: Yeah, we, we should definitely just do send them. us cigars. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> that goes for anybody out there listening from a cigar cone. Send us cigars, it, or
2: about. for that matter, spirit company or beer company. We could, you, yeah, we can be bought y- like that. Y- yeah, we're <laughs> we're not shy. We might about, not say
1: great things if they're not great. But, yeah, we're not shy we'll about, about, about admitting
2: them. it. Yeah, we can't we can't be bought completely but boy, can we be bought partially. For sure. You <laughs> will we'll definitely spend time sure. on your product. <laughs> All right, tell you what, let's take a break. And, and by the way, we do like most stuff. We get accused
1: of liking everything, which is not completely true. Do you know why we do that? You know why that happens? Why? Because I spend my money to go buy this stuff. Nobody buys it for us. Right. Nobody gives it to us. So you're not going to go buy something you don't think you're going to like. Yeah. I'm not going to go out and buy something intentionally that I think, man, I'm not going to like this. Hey, look. It's Fred's Cigars. Right? (laughs) Right? Hey, look. Someone put out another unbalanced IPA. I'm going to buy that (laughs) for the show. stop.
2: Stop. (laughs) Stop.
0: You don't have to make it personal
2: now. You don't have to make it personal. Some of us like that hoppy goodness. (laughs) Uh, all right. I tell you what we'll do. We'll take a break and we'll come back for some goodness. Although it won't be uh, an IPA, we'll be trying this Belgian style Peche beer Ooh. from Cellis in Austin. Sounds yummy. Looking forward to this. It's smoking and toasting. I am so glad to be back. Show number two hundred and sixty-six, and we'll be back right after this. The instinct to talk right up. Here. Welcome back it's Smoking and Toasting. This is the radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. My Those name are my is favorite Cruz. Things. Ian is my uh, my friend and co host, and it is nice to be back with you in the studio. Seriously, it wasn't the
1: same without me, was it? No, it was definitely different. <laughs> Thank you for that. De- definitely different.
2: <laughs> so, there's been so many. Uh, we're going to be trying a, a tequila today that I'm really looking forward to see what you think of it. There's so many um, actors, uh, celebrities, comedians, musicians getting into the spirits business these days. So it's almost not a surprise now when you see that that someone else is, is entering the space. Is it Nicolas Cage? No, no, it's not quite that good. <laughs> it's Mark Wahlberg. So tequila is, in fairness to Mark, it is his go-to drink of choice. That's what he likes. So at least it's not just a slap-my-name-on-something deal. Uh, But he says he's invested in a line of tequila called Fleca Azul. That's F-L-E-C-H-A. Fleca Azul. And it was co-founded by Mexican PGA golfer Abraham Anser and entrepreneur Aaron Marquez. It's funny, Mark Wahlberg says, because when it was first mentioned to me, I said, absolutely not said, you've got all these other people out there claiming to have gone to Mexico and created tequila and cultivated agave and all this stuff. But they were like, no, no, that's not what this is. We have two amazing guys who are really young and like-minded. And Mark Wahlberg said he wound up deciding to invest in them. They uh, partnered during the pandemic. And, yes, he did visit their distillery in Jalisco, uh, which has been owned and operated by a local family there since 1840. Wow. So at least this is not some, you know, sort of Johnny-come-lately-just-slap-your-name-on-a-bottle type thing. He said, I also I, I want to put my money where my mouth is. And he cut a big check and got involved with the brand and utilizing all of his resources and fame and what have you. Everything that we have going to tap into and utilize to make the brand as successful as possible. They have a Blanco, or a Reposado, an Añejo, a Cristalino, and an Extra Añejo. What is it's, a Cristalino. Cristalino is the clear tequila, so they filter it for a clear. So you notice, what like that like, was Blanco. A, uh, well, Blanco can be clear, but Cristalino is gen, generally more aged, which has a tendency to filter and and filtered for clear and then filtered to, to be clear. And Liliana, you correct me if I'm getting that wrong, uh, but if you take a look at this, now this is an Añejo tequila, and and if you hold up that bottle, you can see, yeah, from the from the barrel aging. That's going to add some color to that, almost a caramel. Yeah, kind almost of looks color. like a like a light whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm looking at a uh, at a photo of their five tequilas, and you're right, the blanco is clear, but then there's a little more yellow to the reposado, a little more to the añejo, and then there's the cristalino, which is just like uh, which is just absolutely white, crystal clear. So yeah. I'll uh, I'll try showing this to the <clears throat> camera from the iPad here and see if you can. Uh, Uh get a good view of that. You got it? Yeah. All right. So you can see the Blanco is on the left, and then the Cristalino is uh, second from the right. So that's the way it it looks. Yeah,
1: I didn't even know that was a thing. I just thought Blanco was— you know, we've had a Cristalino on the show before. Or silver, a lot of people people call it. Yeah,
2: right, right. And we've had a uh, Cristalino on the show before. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, with some tequilas— like if you're not careful like with Jose Cuervo, they actually market their silver as being a step up from the gold. But what you don't know about the gold is they add coloring to the gold. Uh, it's not gold because of its aging. Yeah, then. yeah, it's uh, there's so some- uh,
1: Liliana confirmed you were right. Cruz, uh, Cristal Cristalino um, is an añejo that goes through a filtration process. Okay. does it change the flavor that much?
2: Now. Uh, in my experience, and again, this would be a great question for Liliana, and we'll ask her about this again when we have her on the show. In my experience, I have found the Cristalinos to not have as much of the, um, you know, the vanilla and the oaky uh, flavors of um, of a lot of other añejos, but then again, that might just be the ones I tried because I've only had a handful of them. So there could be some Cristalinos out there that are... I found the Cristalinos to be more agave-forward and a little less with the you know the
1: caramel and the vanilla. So and if you're filtering out that color, you have to think that uh, maybe, maybe fil- some of the flavor has to be filtered with it. Or you that know? it would change it in some way. It has to, yeah. sort of, because you're taking stuff out of it. Well, that, I will tell you, the last Cristalino I had was very good. Yeah, although, but, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. It just means that... that like. There's got to be a certain portion of the, the flavor molecules, if you will. Well, that I will get removed. say,
2: I'll, I'll just go ahead and say this now, Mark Wahlberg. If you're listening, please feel free to come on the show at any time. We'll bump an, a you know less important guest like Chris Hart or somebody that we might have scheduled yes, yes. at that time, uh, and and uh, be happy to be happy to bring you on to talk about your tequila. We'll we'll do the whole show on your tequila. If you want to come That'd on. It'll
1: be fantastic. Yeah. I'm, waiting for, long... I'm waiting for Chris to call in that uh, Supreme Irony. He goes, you know, guys, I had Mark Wahlberg on yeah, last you, week. Oh, you, know you know he did. You know he did. My only, my only
2: requirement, Mark, I'll let you do the whole show, but you've got to sing at least one line of, it's such a good vibration. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I no, think Mark, one's, no one's probably ever told him that.
2: Mark would probably prefer to forget marky mark and the funky bunch (laughs) but uh, it existed it
1: existed i'm just saying it's a thing it's a thing
2: um ian let's taste some beer i'm i'm ready for some uh you know i don't know uh,
1: i'm not really feeling beer
2: well that was hard to say you're so full of it (laughs) that was was difficult it really was wasn't it uh yeah there there are times maybe when you're not feeling like having a beer but I don't know what those times
1: are. Yeah, I fill that void with whiskey. Yeah,
2: okay, good to know. <laughs> good when to know. When I come know. across, you know that. Uh, this beer is from Cellus uh, Brewery in Austin, one of the older breweries in Texas. Uh, St. Arnold is the oldest craft Was brewery.
1: Was uh down for a while? Were they? I'm have they been sure. constant? I kind of think it like feels they disappeared like, for a while and then came back. It feels like
2: when the craft brewing explosion kind of happened, That they didn't really, they weren't really coming out with anything. So they might have been, uh, they may have changed ownership, they may have, uh, you know, just kind of sat by and bided their time. But uh, anyway, you look at it, they are now getting more active, and we're seeing more releases coming. You
1: ever, um, you ever been on a road trip, and you always got to stop and have like some road trip candy, right? Sure, yeah. My wife loves gummies, and she's gotten those little peach gummies. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I've had peach gummies they're they're oddly good. Yeah. It just smells like those peach gummies. Well, I was
2: going to say it kind of reminds me of the smell of an unpeeled peach. Yeah, it doesn't smell like beer. Right, no, it definitely doesn't. It, but if you take a peach peach, maybe you're going to like slice it up uh, and and but you haven't cut into it yet. This smells a lot like what you the outer skin almost,
1: of that taste, uh, smells like. I mean, you could all there's a, there's a peach, there's an underlying fruity, and there's a little something else that. It, but I wouldn't if you gave this to me and didn't tell me it was beer and just to smell it. I don't know that I'd pick up that it was beer.
2: Well, now tell me what you get when you taste it.
1: All right. So that was just the first initial sip, mm-hmm. and it is sweet and peachy. It is very peachy. Peche. It is incredible. yeah, peche. Peche. Uh, peche. peche. Peach. Um it is it is all those things. It is really sweet, but there's this interesting like it's like the bubbles in it. The uh, carbonation in it is is like concentrated right on the center of the tongue mm-hmm. and dances around and makes it kind of fun. I I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this. This is the
2: best peach beer I've ever tasted. It's got just enough beer on the finish to not come across like a, uh, you know, like a citrusy IPA. It doesn't come across as hoppy. It's just a, uh, a sort of a solid peach. Um, does it even
1: say what kind? I'm not sure of beer that I like is? it, but I can't stop drinking it. It well, this to me comes across like, uh, like a good mimosa. Mm, does that make sense? Yeah. Says. Uh, is peche was first
2: brewed by the Belgian brewmaster uh, Pierre Salis in 2002 to 2008 its original recipe is inspired by the love of Texas peaches unmalted wheat and and our proprietary Belgian yeast strain, resulting in a burst of mouth-watering orchard fruit, a, and ending in a soft, creamy body, touch of uh, luxury there, that every palate loves and is oh so refreshing.
1: There's a uh, champagne-ish kind of bubbly finish to it, which speaks to kind what you of were attractive. saying. Yeah,
2: which speaks to what you were saying about it uh, coming across a little like a mimosa.
1: So uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna back up a couple things I said a moment ago. Everything I said is true, and then I said uh, I'm not sure if I like it, but I can't stop drinking also true, but I think I'm starting to like it a little more. I, After a few sips, it's a little polarizing <laughs> with the first sip because it is very peach and it's very sweet. Well, I love it. I I appreciate when a
2: beer that markets itself as being a particular sort of a fruit, like, like let's say like a mango IPA, if I can't really taste mango in there... I'm always a little disappointed,
1: you know? Now, why don't they put this upside down in, in like, a fruity margarita? Oh, that'd be good. Can you imagine, Mm -hmm. like, how this this would be amazing? Instead of a cheap, crappy beer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it would actually be kind of amazing. I I agree. Because a peach margarita can be delicious. Yeah. Imagine this Mm. in there. Um, this is you know, the more I drink it the more I like it mm-hmm. I, it just and I can't stop drinking it so it does an interesting thing
2: yeah I'm kind of it kind of the Dorito's effect is definitely they
1: happening. managed to somehow capture too and this is the second time it showed up today in our conversation but that 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 little bit of bitterness next to the peach pit mm-hmm. right right it's um, not it's not just this sort of it's not like a
2: peach punch at all it's not a peach flavor right it tastes like a it peach. tastes like a peach yeah. right. And if you think about it, well, just like I was saying from the, uh, from the nose, is a lot like the smell of a peach before you even cut into it, yeah.
1: you know? Because peaches have that bitter. Like, the closer you get to the pit, the bitter, more bitter that meat becomes. And, uh, and it has just some of that. So it really comes across authentic. The you know, more I drink this, the more I like it. You know what I think I'm
2: going to do? After the show, I'm going to stop and I'm going to buy a six-pack of this at Specs, And then I'm going to move into the country and eat me a lot of peaches. You're going to move into the country? Yeah, and eat me a lot of peaches. eat a lot of peaches. Yeah. You know, peaches come from a can. (laughs) They were put there by a man, of course.
1: But, uh, you know... (laughs) Uh, And to
2: to everyone who is young enough to not know (laughs) what that reference is, (laughs)
1: Generation X knows what you're talking about. I
2: apologize. Uh, And and please, don't go look up the band The Presidents of the United States of America, because that's who did that song, Peaches. Don't go look them up thinking that they are a true representative of 90s rock music, because they're not.
1: Well, yeah, but in a way, they kind of are. Like, they're a true representative of things that happened in the 90s. It's like saying Justin Bieber is a true representative. But then again, of so is Fiona Apple, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but but that first Fiona Apple album. Apparently her last was, one's pretty good. I haven't listened to it yet. Apparently, I, have I've, you heard it? Uh, yes, and it's hard to listen to. Is it really? I, I read all of the
2: critic reviews about how wonderful it was and I kinda get it, but you ever like you ever like pick up a book that's supposed to be like an author's finest work and you don't enjoy reading it? That was what it was like yeah. to me, listening. Like, like I can recognize that she's being really brilliant, but I. But think you're not I'll, enjoying it. I think I'll go put her first album on again. You know, it's yeah. it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. Um, but that's just me. I mean, I recognize you know how brilliant it was, and and you know I'm that way with Kanye. Like everybody talks about what a genius he is, right? and i recognize especially in some of his earlier stuff
1: he's pretty groundbreaking 808s and heartbreaks is is probably the pinnacle of
2: but i have a hard time getting through the album yeah you know it's again probably just me but you know I like some pretty crappy stuff, so <laughs> there's no accounting for taste is what I'm trying to say. Uh, uh, but I will say, uh, though, there is a lot of accounting for taste <clears throat> with this beer. I like it very much, and this will become something that I buy yeah, this, on the regular. This,
1: I wasn't sure at the very beginning of my uh, my uh, taste adventure with it, but uh, the more I drink it, the more I so like
2: it. I'm just curious. We poured some for Adam. Adam, what was your take on the uh, Peche? Did you like it?
1: See, i uh, that's interesting because I, I, I didn't first sip. get
2: sickly sweet from it.
1: That's what I got with my first sip. But after the subsequent sips, once I, once I shocked my pal with that sweet, and then I had a few more sips, actually the more I liked it. Mm-hmm. It has a little bit of that mouth-watering. You know, uh, you remember that sports gum that you get that would make your mouth water? Oh, yes. I it know has a talking. little bit of that going on. <laughs> I remember the squirt, squirt gum. gum or squirt gum.
2: Well, you want to talk about a, a dated reference there. How long has it been since that was on the market? <laughs> I think they still have that at Academy or something uh, like it. So here's what I would recommend. Uh, go to uh, Specs or HEB or your favorite place where they will let you do like a mixed uh, six pack and get at least one can of this. Try
1: it because I I think you're gonna like it. I got to be honest with you. This right here. Now that I've had a little bit more of it, um, if I was going somewhere where everyone was sitting around having uh, uh, mimosas or uh, what's the other like morning brunch uh, uh, Bellinis. Yeah, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. A can of this would take the exact same place. Let me let me uh, go you one more. It's small bubbles. It's it's. You're fruity. around
2: some. You're around some people. It's got a little champagne-y kind of finish. You're around some people drinking hard seltzers. This would kick any hard seltzers ass immediately. Oh
1: yeah. Uh, it's no no competition. You know it doesn't have and nasty still, aftertaste. Yeah exactly. And it's still like light and fruity. You know? There are a few hard seltzers out there I have found that don't have. Nasty aftertaste Topo, yeah. Topo Chico Topo um, Chico um, Eureka Heights makes one mm-hmm. um, And and I noticed that Bud
2: Light Seltzer Has now come out with Bud Light Seltzer Something else It's like they've literally watered down their name selling, Like three times They're
1: selling the color of it It's bold and bright uh, I saw that on a billboard they, They're not selling the seltzer They're just selling how boldly colored it is First of all, Bud Light sucks why would
2: you want to try that for yourself, sir? I know it's just a brand name slapped on there, but why would that be where you'd go expecting to get quality? Right? They don't make quality beer, Rice Seltzer. Why would exactly? <laughs> I'm I'm still waiting for ma- them to make the. What was it? Bud Bud Light Lime Hard Seltzer, the 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 seltzer of all floor wax professionals everywhere. What about Michelada? Oh my God! uh, Hard seltzer. That's just wrong. That's wrong on. Or clamato. They had a (laughs) clamato in a can. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I I'm gonna try to stay away from uh, clamato. Thank you very much. Clamato in a can. That that sounds too. That sounds too contagious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, all right, let's uh, let's take a break and we will be back. We got a lot to do on the show today. We have more to uh, more to taste, of course, and I'm really excited to get you to taste this new uh, Bell's IPA and see if uh, Bell's can let's do it. win have you, you over. It one more? Uh, no, I have not. All right, I've been saving this for the show, so I'm excited. And I am uh, also uh, going to be excited to get into this list from Cigar Aficionado of the best cigars of the year for 2021. Sweet. So we'll start that when we come back. Welcome back. It is a wonderful day here in the studio as we do smoking and toasting show number 266. So you did like 265 and a half last week, yeah, is that what yeah. you call it? So we'll just call today 266 and, and, <laughs> and be done with it.
1: That's the way we'll do it. I noticed last week when I did the show, it was a lot less crowded in here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And you had you actually had beers and spirits. You'd have had a lot more for yourself. I had I had room to talk too. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. And you'd have you'd have had room to drink if you'd <laughs> been able to get uh, been able to get anything in here. So I'm sorry about how last minute that was. I I really thought up until about 45 minutes before the show I was going to make it, and then I realized I was being wildly yeah, optimistic. It. Yeah, it, it ain't happening. Um, so Cigar Aficionado has released their list, and they are probably considered the most influential of the uh, cigar publications. Yes. Their, their list carries the most weight. You know our friend Alan Denny, who yeah, I was sick enough I had to miss his birthday party too. Did you go down there and yes. see Alan? How was that? Did you have a good time? I had a blast.
1: Oh man, I'm so bummed. I had a blast. My so friend bummed. Doug is opening a, a cigar bar out in uh, Kima. Oh, yeah? He's always interesting to talk about. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely do a show out
0: there. That sounds fun. Well, and
1: then um, uh, uh Trenton Smith was out there, oh, so we yeah. had to hang and talk with him for a little well, bit. Well, uh,
2: Alan, if if you're listening, happy birthday, buddy. I'm so bummed that I missed uh, the get-together, and we will hang soon, I hope, if you'll if you'll forgive me for being on the toilet during your uh,
1: during your birthday. <laughs> I, I was going to tell him you just refused to go to his house. Yeah, that's, that's, like... that's the thing, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's Alan, you know. No, but one of the things Alan uh, told us is when he used to work for E.P. Carrillo uh, during the time that he worked there, they got number one cigar that year in the Cigar Aficionado. That changes Cigars the whole company, and it changed the whole company. Right, the amount of demand mm. like skyrocketed. So, really, any cigar that makes the list, I feel like, is going to have a good year. And obviously, the higher you do, the 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 better your uh, ranking on this thing, the better you'll do. So, we'll start with number twenty five on the list. Hmm. Where have I heard of this cigar? The Alec and Bradley Kintsugi. Number, comes 25, in at number twenty-five on the list. On the nice. list yeah, and I'm not we, the only one that likes it. And we both had it and liked it very much. Right. Uh, they uh, picked the Corona Gorda as their number
1: twenty-five, uh, but it is a Kintsugi nonetheless. I at will tw- be honest. My my size selection this morning was due to time restraint. I understand that. One hundred percent. I understand. <laughs> uh, at number twenty-four, E.P. Carrillo's La Historia E three. So this is a, it's a
2: great A, cigar. a newer. Uh, iteration yeah, yeah. of the La Astoria, which has always been. A, I'm a great an cigar. EPC
1: fanboy. Their inch mm-hmm. is uh, one of my favorites. And at
2: number 23, uh, and I had one of these uh, reviewed, one of these on on the show over the last year, and I remember liking it a lot. The Ashton Heritage Pure Soul Churchill Pure Soul, the nice. the Churchill. Yes, which is I think a, I uh, did that not too a, long ago. Too. I think you did. Yeah, uh, we'll do just a couple more, and then we uh, will taste some beer. beer. Uh, at number 22. Woohoo! Woohoo! This is me like celebrating.
1: Oh, this has to be an AJ.
2: The Ramon Ayones by AJ Fernandez, the torpedo. And you know what? I have not had that cigar, so that will be on my. All right. Are we taking bets on how many
1: times AJ is going to show up on this list? Um, How many times
2: do you? How many times
1: would you guess? I'm going for four.
2: Uh, See, I think it'll be three. I don't think they'll give anybody four spots on the list. I think they're going to get well. It'll be a blend by him of Maybe. some sort. Maybe all right, we'll see. You say I'm 4, I four. say 3. We've we've hit one so far and uh, so we'll go ahead and pause there and uh, allow you to do a little bottle opening. Very nice. You had uh, to get all the sounds you're there. You're smoking and toasting bottle opener. Let's see if I see we like can it. get the pour. So this is Bells Brewery, Comstock, Michigan. Oh, that was nice. It was subtle, but it was nice. <laughs> and I can already tell you it's a nice very Amber brown uh, looking IPA. It is pretty. Man, you know? it can't
1: take me anywhere. So this beer. is <laughs> this
2: this is how I am with IPAs. You poured the first one, which I generally pass to Adam, and then I noticed that the one you poured for me was a, a tiny bit less. So I swapped that and send that one to Adam, <laughs> and I keep the uh, I, I keep the one that's more. Adam full.
1: always has beer left over, uh, over there. Though. I know
2: he's uh, he's just not he he's got to operate machinery. All we have to do is talk. So um, so Bell's obviously is okay. uh, is a, a really well known, very well respected brewery in Michigan. This is from their Double IPA series, so it's a double. IPA they're calling Mars.
1: Amazing.
2: Mars, the bringer of war, was inspired by the music of Gustav Holtz. Holtz did the planets, right? The classical music mm-hmm. piece, the planets. Uh, an intense hopping regimen imparts incredible notes of tropical fruit, citrus, and pine, while Munich malt provides
1: balance and a deep red hue. So, I so wanna, it's red like the I red planet. I haven't tasted this yet, mm-hmm. but on the nose, I want to point out when you put this up to your nose, you get floral... Oh yeah. You get pine. Yes, but you get round like roasted malt.
2: Roasted malt, yeah, roasted malt and barley for sure. And that's that's why you like the Two-Hearted Ale from Bells. Their IPA is because of the the malty balance that they give along with the really crisp and pretty intense blast of hops.
1: Mm. This has a lingering bitterness. It sure does. It's this. almost
2: like an ESB kind of a bit I was gonna
1: say it reminds me of your attitude towards yellow rose but um, <laughs> oh by the <laughs> way, did I tell you this Yes you did okay yeah
2: um, so there was a there was a certain person from that uh, company that no showed on us twice without notice was supposed to be on the show twice first time didn't show at all second time canceled like ten minutes before the show and uh, I will admit. I can hold a grudge for a while. Like, you know, one time I understand like if it's it's legit. Even two times would be okay if there was notice. But there wasn't. Um, That person apparently is no longer with Yellow Rose.
1: They make great whiskey
2: anyway. So let me just put this invitation out. If you're with Yellow Rose and you're somebody other than that dude, Whose email bounces back? Now we are uh, happy to host you on the show and taste your whiskey because your whiskey actually is really good. It's real good, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, but uh, you mentioned the bitterness. Does that turn you off to this particular double IPA?
1: No, uh, not not particularly. This is this is bitter in a way. This is a lot like uh, what you get when you get a. Uh arrogant bastard Mm -hmm. it's it's that kind of bitter it's a dark bitter it's not
2: a i think i said reminds me of an esb it's not a bright
1: piney bitter Mm -hmm. it's a dark bitter that you get more like what you said like an esb it's a roasted
2: malt and it's definitely
1: definitely like a burnt burnt caramel Mm -hmm. burnt malt a little bit burnt a little too much but in the best possible way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like like burnt in the way we're like you wouldn't want the top of your pie to be that way, but you want that one little edge. Yeah, I <laughs> you know exactly know what, what you're mean? talking about.
2: Well, it's the whole concept behind a, uh, a the creme top brulee of your
1: casserole, you know, or whatever. It's, it's yeah. the
2: whole concept behind like a creme brulee, right? Like yeah. it's that little bit of burnt on top that really gives it the flavor. That burnt sugar, you know. Uh,
1: so I like how round this is up front. This this mm-hmm. comes across very round up front. Um, this is a nice beer. Yeah, this, really is, this is. is a good job. What and does it it, say on the bottle?
2: I, I will say, too, that it, it feels like a double when you drink it. It it doesn't feel like it a. definitely does. A, a heard a single. Heard does bottle. it say how how, uh, how high the ABV is? That's what I was looking
1: for. They might, you know, HEB. Oh. <laughs> <Talk> <laughs> 10.1. Good <laughs> oh, job, sir. my goodness. It doesn't actually drink 10.1. Yeah. No, but it does feel big. I will say that. It does. It does. It's viscous. It's actually more viscous it than it, for, it looks. I would
2: guess it for an 8, 8.5
1: probably. I like this. Uh, mm. I'm going for a little more. And it is uh, I will it well. is unforgivingly bitter, yeah. but in a good way though, you know, like uh it's, so you feel it's like, not trying to be friendly. You feel like they achieved the balance though. But I feel like well I balance is one of those things. Yeah, I think so, because I when I'm done, there's a lot of bitter going on, but it's not a distracting like wanna scrape my tongue off kind of right. bitter. Right. Like some IPAs will give me this is this is a lot friendlier and it's 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 just gotta I bet this would go great with a um, with a Connecticut oh uh, like Connecticut a, a shade or Connecticut or like shade, an Aladino yeah. Connecticut mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, um, what's the other one I was thinking the uh, Fuente. Hemingway, the Puente Hemingway, yeah. or maybe even like uh, a Monte Cristo White. Mm. You know what I had recently that I hadn't had in a while is the What's Nub that? Connecticut. Ooh, how is great that great cigar? Mm-hmm. I forgot about it. I just don't yeah, buy it because when I buy a Nub, I always buy the Maduro. Buy the Maduro they're yeah. great, you know, mm-hmm. or the Habano. Habano's for Well, wow. but, but I got one in a mix pack, and uh, and I forgot how good that thing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm.
2: I'll just mention being exceedingly proud of myself, because this has been in my beer fridge for about a month, (laughs) and I really wanted to bring it on the show, but didn't have the opportunity. The fact that it arrived intact with a cap still on it uh, today... I think says something about my self-control. Because I, I I've to,
1: been wanting to try this. I have to be honest, this would be a very dangerous beer for me. Because poured into a glass, mm-hmm. I think this would go down so smooth that that glass would last. And, and the time would be counted in mm-hmm. very few minutes. <laughs> and then you'd have another one. And then it'd be 10%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know.
2: Well, uh, Well, it's very good. And it appears to be, it's part of the double IPA series, so I'm guessing that it's limited. So if you want to try this, I would... I would hop on it as soon as you yeah, see it. Yeah, the
1: artwork on it's real nice. The picture, yeah, yeah, of, uh, very the picture of Mars done. on there. Mars, the god of war. Yeah, All man. right,
2: we're going to take a break. We'll be back more of the top 25 cigars of the year for 2021 from our friends at Cigar Aficionado, and more to taste, including a little bit of tequila. Next, we're going to uh, nah, we're going to break nah, nah, up nah, in nah, this. Nah, uh, nah, yeah, nah. we're going to break up in this bottle here and nah, uh, nah, nah, and try nah. some Añejo. So I'm looking forward to that. And of course, we're only a segment away now from a little drinking news. We'll be right back. Welcome back! It's smoking and toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Uh, it's show number two hundred and sixty-six, and as of yet, even with you doing, you know, the uh, the partial show last week. No one has stepped in and tried to stop us.
1: That's madness, they
2: isn't it? They haven't been able to. Amazing.
1: I mean, I got no resistance last week whatsoever. <laughs> That's good. That's good to know. I thought it was good, but I
2: I enjoyed <laughs> watching the show. I thought your drinking news was I awesome.
1: I have to tell you, it's it's funny because, you know, when we started this show, I had exactly zero experience doing anything like this. I've, mm-hmm. I'd done a few interviews from being well, in a band yeah, and things like that. you've been a
2: musician, so you've been on the mic, right?
1: Uh, yes, and I'm not exactly what you call shy on a microphone. Right. Uh, you know, being doing live shows and singing and whatnot like that, but at the same time, getting up here and just talking and being interesting, mm-hmm. uh, while I have the second half of that going on all the time, just getting up here and talking onto a mic is a little weird. It, it's, it and it, it I takes think it's, a skill that I did not have at first. And I will tell
2: you from you know having a career on the microphone and radio, it's a lot weirder when it's just you. Yeah, if you get somebody to talk to. You, know, you can talk to that person, right? But if you're only talking to the people on the other side of the camera or the other side of the stream, or or you, you or have the to assume a lot of
1: responses. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. also had I also had Adam there, and he chimed in a few times to uh, which is yeah to help uh, bolster it. It was a lot of fun, though. To be honest with you, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I could not I could not have even gone that far with it. <laughs> uh, I thought it was I thought it was good you know, four I years you did ago. Great. I'm I'm thinking like, of
2: taking more vacations.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. I thought you did great. You're gonna have to talk about a pay raise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not the first one to ask. <laughs> Adams increased, uh, uh, uh,
2: you know, time on the show. He's uh, he's over here going, hey, I got no beer and no liquor last That's week. That's
1: your son-in-law, though. He's yeah, like, he's yeah. like, either I get a raise or I'm gonna be at your house for <laughs> dinner more often. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, there's always that. So, and he's always welcome. Uh, cigar aficionados <laughs> list of the top twenty-five. Kensugi came. In at number 25, the Epicurio La Historia E3 at 24, Ashton's Heritage Purosol Soul Churchill at 23. At 22 was the Ramon Iones by AJ Fernandez torpedo. And I've had the Ramon Ayones by AJ, but I have not had that torpedo no, I that, had that torpedo. showed up. So I'm, I'm excited to try that. At number 21, and I'll, I'm going to be honest, I was really excited to see this because I'm not used to this brand making. Top twenty-five end-of-year list: The Padilla, eighty-eight Aniversario Robusto. I like Padillas, but I always think of them as kind of a, like a B-level kind of brand. A, well, I not not them like an El Chipo. School. Yeah, right. Not like an El Chipo, but maybe just not like the coolest boutique thing there is. You they're know they're what I
1: mean? kind of to me. They're like they're like Punch or they're like uh, Monte Cristo. They're just they're always around, and they're always going to be okay. They're always going to be good.
2: Cigar Aficionado says it's a new smoke that hit the market earlier last year to honor the eighth, uh, the 88th birthday of Huberto uh, Padilla, who is a famed Cuban poet who was imprisoned in 1971 because he had the gall to criticize the Cuban government.
1: <gasps> Madness. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Man, anyway, that's, that's not historically something that happens. So the
2: smoke is gorgeous. Uh-oh. The smoke is gorgeous made in Nicaragua by... <clears throat> A.J. Fernandez. That's two. Ding, 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 ding. That's two. Uh, and uh, it has a beautiful Ecuador Havana wrapper and a touch of the Pella de Oro filler, which is that really rare volcano-grown
1: I feel like uh, I just did a review on whatever you're about to say. Uh, uh,
2: did recently. you do a review on this, Padilla?
1: On oh, the, no, 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 no. Okay. I don't think so. All right. Well,
2: I can tell you, Ian, we are now in... Uh, Uncharted AJ territory because you said he would show up four times on this list. I said three, and we've already got two. So, yeah. and we're only at number uh, twenty-one. Uh, when we get to twenty, uh, number twenty, uh, it's a familiar and unfamiliar one for me because I've had the La Flor Dominicana Chisel before, uh-huh. and that's one of the strongest cigars I've ever smoked. That's, it's brutal. But the uh, number twenty on the list is the La Flor Dominicana Airbender chisel now i will admit that i would have avoided this cigar and i have not had it so i'll have to try it now but i would have avoided this cigar just based on the fact that they put airbender in the name because that was a really shitty movie (laughs) <laughs> the Last Airbender, was that uh, That was like an M- M- Night Shyamalan, where by was, the end, no one bad. except for him knew what the movie was about. It was really bad. Wait, isn't that every
1: M. Night Shyamalan well, movie?
2: Except for that first one with Bruce Willis in it, the uh, I See Dead People one. What was oh, that, that one was really good. That was good. a great movie. And he just went progressively downhill after now, that. Now, hold on a second. Now, did, he, did he also do the uh, Unbreakable one? Yeah, that was pretty good. Because that one was pretty see, good. See, that was an early one. He he did like it was either the next movie or the second movie after um, I see dead people, whatever that one was. I don't. Know then
1: he movie. did that one movie that was about the village, and you had to put a stick down next to your TV to see if the plot was even moving.
2: Yes, that's absolutely right. And then he did another one where I swear this is true. I went to see it in the theater. It was before I'd given up on M Night Shyamalan. It had Mike Wahlberg in it, uh, who's you know we talked about earlier in the show, and he was fine in it. But you could actually see boom mics coming down to record the dialogue to the, and it was so obvious that the only thing I could figure is that he was doing it on purpose. That it was like, and then I spent the whole movie thinking, what is he trying to say? Like, what is the what is the meaning of the visible boom mic? Uh, other than that, the movie was terrible. So maybe that was maybe that was the only thing entertaining. about Well, hey, the
1: movie. if the production was bad, at least the movie was
2: bad too. And I will say this, by the way, apparently there's a series on Netflix, an animated series. Called The Last Airbender. That's really good. That's really really good. good. Yes. yes, So I have not seen that, but I will mention that. Anyway, the La Flor Dominicana Airbender Chisel. Uh, a ten dollar and twenty cent cigar uh, from Lito Gomez, the uh, master blender for La Flor Dominicana. Uh, they have built a reputation, of course, with powerhouse cigars. And according to Cigar Fishing the Airbender Chisel, lives up to those expectations. Not for the beginner, or a, or not a great smoke at an empty stomach. They say. this
1: is yeah. This is not Fisher Price. My first cigar. <laughs> yeah. But they
2: say it has a combination of sweet cocoa, buttressed by spicy licorice, savory leather, and plenty of
1: spice. Yeah, you know, and I like I like a cigar that's that full once in a while. Yeah, but right. I have to be when, in the mood for when it, you're like, in the
2: mood for that, or like a diesel, diesel you know? or Lafleur. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh.
1: There's yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some of those are pretty big. Should I go on, or we want to drink tequila now? Must tequila. Mm-hmm, por.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so. I this just tequila. Do most of the Spanish that I know.
2: <laughs> Which stands for much tequila.
1: Por favor. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you like pepper? I do like pepper. Because this tequila is peppery mm-hmm. and, oh, wait for it, caramely and buttery. It's the Primera Mano Tequila Anejo.
2: And this was a completely new tequila to me. I found this on the uh, shelf at Specs. <clears throat> and interestingly, so the specs where I shop, which is the uh, the large one, the Midtown uh, uh, Midtown Houston one uh, on Smith Street, they used to have tequila used to be one aisle, right? Then they started adding in um, <clears throat> the mezcal. other agave spirits, mezcal and uh, satole. Now tequila, mezcal, and satole is two aisles all its own. And uh, well, you okay there, buddy? And don't inhale tequila. Uh, uh, and so there's a lot of stuff, and I found this. I hadn't seen it before, so I grabbed it, and it is. Uh, well, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, this is the for, part where uh, I pretend I uh, haven't seen it before. The
1: nom is fifteen ninety two. One five nine
2: two nom. Mm. Um, so you do get a lot of like almost like granular black pepper. Yeah, on big time. First big time. Sip. But then, like you said, wait for it. Here comes the caramel, and it's and pre- vanilla. Like yeah, the vanilla, the vanilla is, is pretty ridiculous.
1: serious. It's 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 almost obnoxious, but not necessarily in a bad way. So it the way it
2: starts reminds me of Hornitos Añejo, which is a good Very tequila, peppery, yeah. but only if you like pepper. Right, yeah. and pepper's kind of its only real note. I mean, there's right. some agave and 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 a little bit of maple. Hornitos well, is not what I'd call a complex tequila. It's it's a, no, and even their añejo is right. is. I mean, it's pretty pepper forward. So this starts like that, but then it kind of that pepper kind of dissolves into a uh, a really sort of a tasty um it's, mix of vanilla and maple and caramel.
1: Oh uh, the maple I missed that. Yeah, the caramel and the buttery, mm. the butteriness like mm-hmm. that happens right as you swallow. There's this buttery, buttery butteriness. I will, and then when you swallow, you you get this caramel finish. And if you sit for just a minute longer and let that not caramel but uh, a vanilla finish. Mm-hmm. If you sit for just a little bit longer past that, the pepper you comes end back. up no, you end up with the, the the tequila hug, but you also end up with this Mineral water, this oh, very right, hard minerality, mineral water yes. kind of feel going on. That's uh, that's kind of pleasant too. What I find interesting
2: about it is that it's
1: got more heat
2: than say Skelly. Mm. Even though it reminds me a little bit of Skelly and the and the flavor profile, more pepper. But uh, beyond that, reminds me a little bit of the Skelly. But it's got a lot of heat mm. on the back end.
1: Skelly though is so buttery smooth and and buttery, almost buttery, and buttery. almost
2: no heat. Yeah, which is this is not like that at all. You definitely know you're having tequila
1: with this. Yeah, is this a straight up forty uh, percent? Yep. Hmm. Mm. Um, I'm for it. What does a bottle of this go for? About forty four dollars. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's a pretty nice buy. If you like, if you for, like an peppery, añejo, for an añejo, for an that's a good price. Yeah, yeah. No, if you if you if you like peppery and you like complex, this has this has a few of those things going on. It's a. <clears throat> it's pretty nice. You know, it's interesting to me
2: when I scan the tequila shelves. How many brands are represented with maybe a blanco and a reposado, and that's it. There is no añejo, or or if there is, it's not something they've chosen to stock. And it makes me wonder, especially when some of the reposados are coming in at forty and fifty dollars. It's like, hmm, I wonder what. uh, I wonder if they just stopped there. Maybe they don't have tequila aged long enough yet to be añejo. You know, but, but it only has to go like three less than years. two years. Yeah two, yeah, two to
1: three years, right?
2: Right. Huh. Mm. As you would say, and I'm for it. This is, I'm a, for it. This it's, is a, it's good. I will good tell tequila. you
1: though, uh, you know, most of the time, a tequila mm-hmm. and cigar pairing is pretty much a no brainer. But this yep. would beat up almost any cigar. You'd have to have something that doesn't interfere with the pepper in this. Something without a whole lot of its own pepper, you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Something that has a lot more chocolatey kind Maybe of. Maybe like a magic
2: toast, which we mentioned. The earlier magic in The magic toast
1: show. would probably be a nice one, uh, and I and not a not a um, you know, probably like a. a, a, a What's the one uh, what I'm blanking on? Uh, Florida Minicana, the mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the La leaf. Mm-hmm. That's not real peppery, but is a big chocolate bomb, and mm-hmm. also a big flavor would have to stand up to this. Right? There's a. But you couldn't go too mellow with it, or the tequila would just obliterate. No, it. if you were smoking almost any Connecticut with this, it would just bury it. It mm-hmm. would just taste. Agreed. Tastes like you know burnt tobacco and not. Have a lot of character. It's pretty darn good though. It is good though. It's interesting. I bet that getting a little chocolate now. I bet this makes a great mixer. Oh, well, see. And I don't mean that in, in a bad way. I mean yeah. like if you do a tequila something that where the tequila can shine through, I think this would add a lot of interest to whatever.
2: I need to learn how to make a tequila sunrise. Yeah. That's a pretty complicated drink, I think. We should have you know what we should do is we should have, you know, Peter Clifton. Uh, He's going to come on the shoe. I I wonder if they would make us a tequila sunrise. Mm. I I just love to see how one is made. You know, if you do that, I'll learn it on ukulele. Oh yeah, that would be fun. We have our own tequila sunrise
1: uh, song. Uh, You know, it'll be a tequila sunrise serenade.
2: Speaking of, I I did while uh, while I was recovering from (laughs) serenade. While I was recovering from uh, not feeling good, I decided to try to learn another cocktail. So I'm really good at martinis. Mm-hmm. I've got the margarita down, right? And I've made a few other things that I've thought were pretty good, but I really wanted to learn how to do a really good mojito. Dude, I think I nailed it. Oh. According to my wife, at least, who is not the type you to say. put on your
1: pants and yeah, get to that's it, right?
2: Huh? She's not the type to say if it wasn't good. Uh, she said I nailed it. So I'm pretty excited. I used a, uh, a white Florida Konya, uh three year rum. And I muddled that mint and lime like crazy and uh, used a little uh, club soda. I'm going to try it with Tobo Chico, too, and see how
1: that works. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I was pretty that pleased. You know, Florida Konya, it's funny you mention them. If I want basic, really good rum, mm-hmm. I am all about Florida Konya. That's pretty much where I go. Well, And I- if I want a rum that just has its <laughs> own interest— I'm always plantation. See
2: plantation. Plantation is the rum we're never without.
1: Ever since I got to taste the uh, Isle of Fiji rum (coughs) on the show, you got you had to wait a while for that. uh, When when Greg brought it on the show, (laughs) when Doc's brought it on the show. Hey, speaking of Docs,
2: Docs (laughs) reached out to us, and we're lining him up for a future show because guess what they've got at Plantation? A new rum from Australia.
1: I saw an ad for that. I'm very excited about being able to sample that with Doc. Saw an ad for that, and, and I'm and also I'm not sure what to think about that, but I'm excited. <clears throat> I'm also
2: completely curious because every time Doc's comes on the show, his hair has changed. So I'm interested to see what sort of hairstyle he's. Man, going I went to his, his
1: Christmas party, which <clears throat> was an absolute blast, by the way. Yeah, but I could tell his house from like. From the light pollution in the air, I mean that guy was trying to sag the whole neighborhood. That is so dox. Like all his know, all his neighbors, their lights and stuff had to be had flickering to be fl- because
2: had to be a little a little dim.
1: When, when he turns on his Christmas lights, the whole neighborhood's like
2: <laughs> they're watching TV and the screen kind of starts to flicker. Like damn that dox. Oh, I love it! I love it. You know, and he's a big Disney file too. Oh yeah, you should he's, see. You should have seen way, his yard. <laughs> way into the Disney
1: thing. Uh, well, Docs, yeah, we love awesome. you, and yeah. you
2: know you're welcome on the show anytime. But we're very excited. Yeah, to I try sat your out new, with uh, some of his friends
1: room. on the uh, patio. Uh, as as him and his wife are so fun. They're fantastic hosts. But I sat out there and had cigars and beers and. We had a good old time. That's awesome. That's awesome. I
2: uh, did not get the invitation because apparently it was on Facebook and I didn't see it. (laughs) Yeah, I've been trying. Yeah. The the whole Facebook thing, other than doing the show on there, it just gets so political sometimes. I just don't want to engage.
1: You know what Um, I mean? See, I just don't engage. Yeah.
2: But you still found out about the party.
1: Yeah, when people send me invitations, it shows up on my feed. Oh, okay. See, I got, I got to start. It sends me a thing saying so-and-so invited you. i gotta, I got to start looking at my notifications. And I pretty much different. ignore most other things. Yeah. I know, because I've invited so you to So if the tons someone of responds stuff. to me, if someone sends me a link or or uh, tags me in something, I'll usually go on there and check that out. But
2: The last notification I got was uh, uh, so-and-so wants to argue with you about politics, and I was just like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah, I don't play that game. Yeah, not going there. All right, i tell you where I am going, though. I'm going back for some more of this tequila. Mm. This is quite delicious. We will uh, sip a little more of this, and when we come back, we're going to uh, finish uh, the list of Cigar Aficionado cigars, and we're going to do a little thing on the program that we like to do called Drinking News. And Ah. and see, I I surprised you there Because you had the bottle of tequila in your hand So you didn't uh, didn't You didn't uh... get to do your little uh, musical tease But uh, (laughs) uh, feel free as we go out to uh, the break If you want to, you know Pick it up and do a little musical tease for Drinking News A little
1: musical tease for Drinking News, you
2: ready? By the way, I didn't tell you the Drinking News uh, teaser headline today It's, don't have a cow, man We'll be right back to explain smoking and toasting that sounds pretty good on the ukulele you know <laughs> Welcome back! It is smoking and toasting. We are so glad to have you here and hanging out with us as we do our little program about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. This is the two hundred and sixty sixth
1: of these that we have done. That is at least halfway to three hundred. I'm pretty excited about the whole what thing. What do you think uh, our three hundredth episode is going to look
2: like? <clears throat> I don't know, man. I'm just hoping this we get past all this crazy, uh, you know, COVID stuff to the place where we can congregate and hang. Because yeah,
1: if we have to set up a three hundredth episode with all of our past uh, uh, guests on the show, mm-hmm. and they have to be six feet apart from each other?
2: Yeah, that's going to be that in a stadium Adam, somewhere. Adam,
1: you are going to be running around.
2: <laughs> it should be fun, though, however we do it. That's a
1: lot of cameras. It
2: should be fun. Speaking of fun, ladies and gentlemen, we now present our most popular segment here on Smoking and Toastin'. It's a little something we like to call...
1: Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news, drinking news drinking news now it's time for drinking news A florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet when asked about his absent arm he said uh i had to take my gator to the vet drinking news drinking news now it's time for drinking news cheers y'all
2: uh, drinking news, ladies and gentlemen, is the uh, segment on
1: the program where we bring you
2: a story that is sometimes, uh, occasionally about drinking, but is always, for sure, best consumed, best listened to when you've been drinking. Mm-hmm. And we have since he imported more tequila. Mm, cheers, so, y'all. cheers to you, my friend. Uh, we love the uh, <clears throat> we love the stories for drinking news that start out by. Uh, using the three words A Florida man But that's not
1: That's not the case today. the day that, But you know That's like saying It was it was made by uh, Alec Bradley It's just You know already <laughs> Yeah That there, you're going to enjoy Goodness it
2: Goodness is going to ensue yeah. yeah Today
1: we start out though With a Turkish man
2: A Turkish farmer To be specific uh, Has come up He's come up with a new way to produce more milk from his cows. Oh, uh, is squeeze it, harder! Is it Kosak, the Turkish farmer who I'm probably mangling his name and for which I apologize? It's K-O-C-A-K. Kosak. Is it Kosak, the Turkish farmer, has managed to increase the milk output of two of his cows from 22 liters to 27 liters per day. That's pretty substantial. That's actually. a five liter increase. That's quite a bit for, you know, a particular cow. And he did this after reading a study that suggested that cows inside a barn produce less milk than those in an outdoor environment. Which oh. kinda of makes sense, okay. right? So while cows
1: gotta be free.
2: While weather and other factors make keeping the cows inside the barn a necessity, Kosak seems to have found a way to successfully game the system. He's outfitted two of his cows. With virtual reality goggles to show them images of the great outdoors while they happily munch on hay and produce milk during their time in the barn. They are watching a green pasture and it gives them an emotional boost, he said. They're less stressed. To make the imagery work, IT specialists needed to tweak the color palette in the software to make it suitable for the animal's unique vision because cows can't see red or green. They are only able to perceive dull shades of yellow and blue. Kozak had tried using classical music to soothe his cows, but apparently nothing has worked as well as the VR goggles, and he plans to purchase 10 more pairs for his other cattle. Now, that's mildly funny, but the picture is worth a I thousand i got to see the picture. Is, is that picture up, Adam? Yeah, I think it's a picture. Okay, that's, that's, that's a cow with VR goggles on. I can't explain to you <laughs> why that is funny you just have to see the image so if you're just listening to the audio of this josh uh, <laughs> you will want to go to the youtube uh feed of this show just so you can see the photo of the cow with the v r um on
0: i it.
1: Okay, how much does it cost for one of those VR goggles? I'm not I sure, uh, but but it can't be too
2: much because Kosjak <laughs> says he plans to purchase ten more pair for his other cat. Uh, so other cow.
1: apparently, but but you know, going outside in the grass, like they can't just. But in the winter in Turkey, you yeah, can't do. that, Oh, I right? suppose there's that. Social media has
2: dubbed the experiment the Matrix for cows, <laughs> which makes me wonder how can the cows. So, wait, wait a second. How can the cows take the red pill? Or eat the red hay if they can't see the color red?
1: <laughs> I'm just asking. You, you, can't, you don't let them eat the red hay. They got to take the blue
2: hay. And reporting from inside the bovine matrix, my name is Cruz, and that...
1: Oh, hold on, hold, hold on, before you're done. Yeah. There's a there's a video game I play. It's called Diablo.
2: Oh, Diablo, I've heard of that. Yeah, Diablo has it, I've a
1: mad cow that. level. Ooh. It's a very hack and slash game. It's very mm-hmm. singular. Um, there is a storyline, but no one cares what it is. Um, but there are certain. <laughs> I love that there is a storyline, but nobody cares. Nobody cares. You go kill stuff. Yeah, and when you're done killing that stuff, you go kill more stuff. And every once in a while, there's a portal. Yeah, and I'm not joking about this. There's a mad cow level, and you better be a beefy character because the mad cows that walk around with giant uh, with giant
2: slashing tools, slashing
1: tools, will jack you up. And they go around <laughs> saying moo. <laughs> Uh, this just makes me think of the Mad Cow I'm level. trying
2: to remember there was an old video game like several game generations ago. That I played where aliens came and abducted cows, and you had to, like, save the cows keep them from being abducted <laughs> by aliens. It is. was a really goofy game, but it was a lot of fun. I can't remember the name of it now. <laughs> uh, some, somebody will know, because I can't be the only one that played that game.
1: And that is.
2: Uh, reporting from inside the bovine matrix,
1: <laughs> my name is Cruz, and that's your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all.
2: I missed doing drinking news last week,
1: but you had a good one. But yeah, you know, I, I just I pulled that out, and that's that's what I had. I was I was very uh, very proud of you, my friend. I mean, just the <clears> just <throat> the thought that someone goes, you know, what'll fix this? <laughs> a virtual reality helmet. <laughs> you gotta love it.
2: It's 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 an inventive, creative way If we can't, bring, if we can't bring
1: the cows out to the grass. Yeah, if the
2: mountain will not come to Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, number 19 on the Cigar Aficionado list, the San Luis Rey Carenas Toro. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we uh, we talked about that mm-hmm. one, and, and we liked it very yes, much, yes, didn't we? Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. That comes in at number 19 on the San Cigar San Luis another list. one of those
1: that I overlook a lot of times, they're, and they're good. They're
2: kind of a forgotten brand. In fact... The cigar a review of this says the sleepy San Luis Rey brand got some new life last year uh, when Altadas released the San Luis Rey, San Luis Rey Carenas, which was made in Honduras at the Flor de Copan uh, factory. The theme is old world meets new world, and that is largely what I remember yeah. from from that cigar. It's kind of that vibe. Uh, at number eighteen, the Ramon Ayones Gigantes. It is uh, a. You know, it, this one I believe is this a Cuban cigar? Yes, it is. Okay, so it's always interesting to me to see Cuban cigars make this list, especially mm-hmm. these days with so many great things coming out of Nicaragua. Uh, but Cubals, uh, Cuba's double coronas, they say, are a regal lot—long and stately cigars that are substantial but never go overboard I haven't
1: had the, on uh, thickness. Gigantes, I've had the Lancero version of that of the Cuban. Uh-huh. And you uh, you dug it, I suppose. I had some uh, I had some uh, draw issues with it actually. Oh, really interesting. And I had a few of them, and they they, had and they the, all kind of they had a little bit a... of draw issue, but they were good. Like for flavor, for as much good. as you could smoke them, they were good. At number 17, one that I believe
2: both of us have talked about on the show this year, the My Father, the Judge. Gran Robusto. Yeah. That's a great cigar. The uh, Garcia family of my father seems to come up with uh, blend after hit blend, and the judge was created in 2016 as a fuller-bodied my father. Uh, this line extension was even shorter and fatter than the originals. Nicaraguan insides, uh, insides and a dark cover leaf
1: of Ecuador Sumatra. We talked about big cigars earlier, that La Palencia. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh, the Hoya Silver Robusto came in at number sixteen. Yeah. Uh, the Hoya, of course, the Hoya de Monterey, uh, uh i am sorry, the Hoya de Nicaragua brand—holds uh, the distinction as the oldest uh, handmade cigar maker in Nicaragua. For more than fifty years, that factory has been producing Nicaraguan cigars consisting of only uh, Nicaraguan tobacco. Hoya Silver represents a new chapter in their history, and of course, they were purchased, as you may remember, by uh, Drew Estate. Yeah, subsequently.
1: Uh They don't have a whole lot of really light blends. No. (laughs) (laughs) That seems to happen. Uh, And when when everything you make is Nicaraguan and Nicaraguan. in Nicaragua, mm-hmm. then uh, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of uh, late brand. Speaking,
2: speaking of uh, Drew Estate, uh, they come in also on this list at number 15 with the Herrera Esteli Habano Robusto Grande. Mm, uh, this a is uh, Willie Herrera's uh, expressive blend for Drew Estate, uh, the handmade cigar company that's now owned by Swisher International. Did you know that? I and had Drew no Estate idea. It was now owned by Swisher. Uh, anyway, this is his namesake cigar made in Nicaragua at the Gran Fabrica Drew Estate. Factory, and uh, that's a good cigar. I've had that, and you know, the I, first
1: I, time that I <clears throat> remember ever having a Herrera Estelle mm. was uh, our very first um, outside of the studio show that we ever did. Mm. Was it was at Friendly Fire Cigars. Friendly Fire, that's and right. And we asked uh, the gentleman there, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but uh, we asked him, What were we smoking today? And he goes, Take one of these.
2: I think, didn't I have uh, one of the. Um, uh, Crankshaft uh, from Oh, uh, that's right, because that was that when time?
1: CAO just came yeah, out with them, Yeah, they just too.
2: came out with that line, and that was a good cigar. This podcast is getting old. Yeah, we really are. Uh, speaking of old, The Aging Room clocks in at number 14. It's not an old cigar. It's just an old-sounding name. The Aging Room Cuatro Nicaragua Concerto yeah, comes in Adrian at number 14. Quattro.
1: Wasn't that uh, number one a few years back? Well,
2: yes, but not the, not concerto. the concerto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This particular one, the Aging Room Cuatro Nicaragua blend, is no stranger to high honors. Uh, the torpedo-shaped Maestro was the 2019 Cigar of the Year. And the brand returns to the top 25 list with a box-pressed Churchill composed of Nicaraguan tobacco produced by... Uh-oh. <laughs> Rafael Nodal And some guy named A.J. Fernandez That's number three uh, what, so that's what number are we on now? Uh, we are on cigar number 14 <laughs> So you said there'd be four on the list I said three I have a feeling I'm I'm going down in a puff of smoke yeah. Oh you're going down There's yeah. probably
1: I'm probably going down too actually <laughs> Now I'm, I'm starting to think six is a better number At 13 the Tatuaje Reserva
2: K222 Did you do one of those this year? No I know you've done some Tatuahes, But the you K- know what K-tuh-kutuh I love about
1: Tatuahes? What's that? Pretty much everything
2: Yeah, pretty much everything By the way, our uh, our good buddy um, uh, is going to come on the
1: show Jason Poehler Jason is going to be show. But Jason uh, is uh, He's my is, father Is my father And is he also and... tatuahe? I am your father No, oh, I had to do that <laughs> <laughs> it's no, okay. Tom Polar uh is is his oh, brother Tom and, does tatuaje, and he represents Tatuaje, and Jason represents my father. Tom represents they uh, they both represent uh multiple brands, and mm-hmm. Tom represents uh tatuaje and um and uh, Aladino and Jason represents my father <clears> and uh a few others. Well interestingly,
2: this particular cigar, the Tatuaje reserva K two twenty-two, is made in Florida which is pretty nice. unusual for the uh, uh, for a cigar to be made, on this list especially, to be made in the United States. You know what I like about you? You're not afraid to just open a beer. I noticed that you were talking, and yeah. so
1: while you were doing that, I figured I would <clears throat> make myself
2: useful. I love when you do that. Number 12, while you pour, is Luciano the Dreamer. Uh, this is from... Uh, uh, the deep tracks they say of the cigar world lanceros uh, and they' were embraced by connoisseurs but ignored
1: by many casual cigar lovers and it's you're a called, fan of the lanceros right I, I like Lancero's size um the deal I have with lanceros is his lanceros are real easy to have a draw issue
2: but right. well this one apparently is uh, is not you know not not experiencing that problem. It is a fifteen dollars cigar, which is pretty pricey for a Lancero. For a Lancero, yeah. Huh? Uh, the uh, binder is from Nicaragua, the wrapper is from Ecuador, and the filler is from Nicaragua and Peru. Holy L- Luciano, cow. the dreamer. What's that? Smell your beer. Okay. Oh, holy cow! <laughs> yeah. That is roasty and nutty and coffeeish and ooh. Like a German chocolate cake,
1: it is. Like I could just smell this. Like I want to wear this scent. <laughs> talk about this. It uh, uh, talk so about good. what what this, this beer is all about. This imperial stout, aged in bourbon barrels, provides a plethora of mouth-watering notes such as vanilla, <laughs> oak, whiskey, coffee, chocolate, toasted hazelnuts. And now toasted marshmallows and coconut so, yeah. as a smooth, rich complexity. I totally get all of that. extremely pleasant on the tongue. Mm.
2: I get the coconut, I get the
1: marshmallow. The coconut and the and hazelnut. The, um, oh my gosh, the coconut and the hazelnut right there. But there's a, it smells like an amazing pie crust. It kind of tastes like that too. Oh my gosh. Mmm. This has the uh, viscosity mm-hmm. of like a forty weight motor oil.
2: You know what surprises me most, and and I'm looking at the can. Actually, in your if hand. you
1: bump your glass, it <sighs> takes a moment for the, uh, for, the for the shock to, to even move. Catch yeah. Up.
2: <laughs> so I'm looking at this can in your hand, and this was one I think was picked up at HEB, uh, and I'm looking at the price tag, and this can. Just this twelve ounce can was six dollars and like forty nine forty nine cents was so six and a half bucks just for the can. But this it does called, kind of surprise me that this doesn't come in a bomber. Instead, this of a is called ounce hazel's ounce nuts. Yep, yep. And you definitely get the hazelnut in this. And it
1: has a chick on the front with a, a, a bowl that has. Mm-hmm. It looks like oh, a barrel that has some that marshmallows be, and coconut. i in mm, it and chocolate. I'll go way out on a limb here and say that that's probably hazel. That must be Hazel. Mm -hmm. Hazel has a little bit of a 60s kind of look to her with her hair and everything like Mm -hmm. that. So I'm describing this because Josh doesn't actually watch the show. He listens to it. fantastic. Uh, Toasted marshmallow coconut. My God, this is something special. Um, It's also uh, coming in at a paltry
0: 12%. (laughs) So we had a 12 and a 10. It has a...
1: It has a very oh. bourbony flavor. Oh, it is very bourbony. You're right, but it doesn't come across boozy. If that makes any sense,
2: I, I totally get what you're saying. The coffee
1: kind of cuts through the The Coffee a bit. and the and the coconut really kind of and the marshmallow. Man, mm-hmm. this is. <clears throat> man, can you say that the flavor is spongy? It's like a
2: spongy German chocolate cake. Is what it's like. Yeah, this is
1: crazy. This is amazing. Oddside does some great stuff anyway, Mm -hmm. but this is this guys. You really, I think you've actually broken. uh, You've you've broken barrel aged beer right here. Yeah, you you kind of did something ridiculous again.
2: I'm just so surprised to find this in a 12 ounce can as opposed to well, you see, if you put it in a can,
1: you're not going to get any. any issues from like sunlight? You get no contamination from no, sunlight. I'm not pointing that out.
2: I'm just saying, uh, a, a barrel-aged stout of this quality, I would have expected it to be something that was. You know what a lot bomber. of
1: companies have been doing though, and I, the first one, the first company I ever saw do this was mm-hmm. Martin House, where they stack the where two they 12 ounces. where they have the bomber box. You know, the yep. box that the bombers come in a lot of times. If you have that presentation, and instead of putting a bomber in there, you put two 12 ounce cans, mm-hmm. which is um, which is brilliant. It really is. Your packaging costs less. You can charge a little less for the beer and or make a little more money on it if it's this kind of good. This... And I'm willing to bet if you pick this up as a single, it might have come in like that. Mm. I mean, they wouldn't sell it in more than a four-pack at 12% anyway mm-hmm. uh, due to the way they sell stuff around here. But, uh, man, that is... That beer is delicious. Yes, that is It is like one a... of the best stouts we have had like in existence. And,
2: and we've had a lot of stouts. I mean... Maybe not every single week, but most weeks we'll have. Any a stout of you, or a reporter.
1: any of you listening to this, if you are a fan of a flavored stout, mm-hmm. odd side hazel's nuts, go buy a lot of it. And because yeah. I told you that, I need you to send me at least one or two out of it. <laughs> yeah, go get the four packs. Send one of them to Ian. That's, that's right. <laughs> That'd be a- Holy yeah, Toledo! You know, this hey, is amazing.
2: That totally works for like uh, TV preachers. Shouldn't, shouldn't it work for us?
1: I mean that's twenty five percent. That's not send in send like,
2: in your tithes and offerings to hey, smoking and
1: toasting. The bottom line is if I if I introduce you to something, I expect a little bit of kickback. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. Just that the Lord would approve. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to you, Duke. Yeah. Uh, at number eleven
2: on our list, the Cloud Hopper number fifty-three, which is from uh Agonorsa Leaf and was uh was blended by warped uh, tobaccos Tile Gellis. The Cloudhopper number 53. It is a Nicaraguan Puro. And it comes in at number 11 on the Cigar Aficionado list. So now, top 10. Arturo Fuente Rare Pink Vintage 1960s Series Happy Ending uh, comes in at number 10. And uh, I haven't had this cigar, but we did talk about it because this is the one they shipped when the one they were working on wasn't ready in time. Remember that we we talked about that yes. in Cigars to Watch for a little bit. Uh, so that comes in at number 10. At number 9, the Rocky Patel Grand Reserve. Robusto. Uh, And this is the first Rocky uh, to show up on the list. Um, He's got, you know, a pretty huge portfolio
1: of brick and mortar bands. I am 100% in Rocky's corner every time he Mm -hmm. does something.
2: Uh, he first re- released the Grand Reserve for international markets only, and if you wanted to try it, you probably had to travel to Europe. It debuted in Austria before the rest of the con- uh, of the uh, continent of Europe. Uh, anyway, uh, anytime you hear a cigar blend a uh, cigar maker say that he's blended a smoke for international taste, that's usually shorthand for it being very Cuban esque. And uh, Rocky Patel never said that the Grand Reserve was meant to mimic Cuban cigars. But cigar aficionado calls it a confident assembly of Honduran and Nicaraguan tobaccos, brought together by an Ecuadorian rapper. And uh, Rocky is, uh, uh, you know, I'm like you. What did you say? You're you're firmly in Rocky's corner.
1: I'm in his corner, man. Rocky. Uh, so not only is he a sweet guy, like he is really his family too. Like everyone we've met from the. Patel family, uh, Nimish, all those guys are so nice. And he's a huge believer so in sweet. the
2: cigar industry and lobbies, lobbies tirelessly for it. And
1: so. Uh, so I'm always in this corner, not to mention I have deep-rooted, uh, I have that kind of uh, mother duck thing going on, because some of my earliest cigars, those uh, Rocky Patels, the 1999s and oh, the 1990s, yes. yes, those are some of the cigars that really... I've- Told you my story. I sat
2: next to him at a cigar dinner. I didn't know. Yeah, him. that's crazy I, cool. N- I knew his name, but it was before most people knew Rocky Patel's name. I just happened to know because I used to smoke Indian tobacco cigars, and he was the blender for Indian tobacco. And I sat next to him, and uh, you know, he introduced himself, and he was really nice. We started talking about cigars, and he said, "I'm coming out with some cigars with my own name on them." And I was like, "Really?" And it struck me as interesting. Because Patel is not a Hispanic-sounding name, right, and traditional most, cigar uh, most cigar brands have a more traditional mm-hmm. Hispanic name. And I said, really? That sounds cool. And he reached into his pocket of his jacket and handed me a 1992 Gran Reserva. Uh, nice. yeah, the, yeah. the first one with the purple band on right. it. And uh, it was a cigar dinner, so I lit it up and smoked it and became a Rocky Instant Patel fan, fan yeah. instantly. It was it was fantastic, and he was super cool, telling me how excited he was. You know, fast forward all these years later, and he's one of the best-known names in You know, uh,
1: just dropping names, and this is a funny story. I ended up telling it the other day, uh, but uh, do you remember when we were setting up to do our show in the uh, lobby, <coughs> in the bar at the... Um, at the uh, Mirage at in Vegas. At the Mirage Vegas. Yes. in Vegas, we were mm-hmm. setting up and uh, and I was there kind of early and I had a cigar going. And uh, and you, imagine that. And you came up and asked me what the cigar was. And I, and I can't remember what it was, but I was like, "Man, it's, it's it's okay. I'm not really really liking it very much." And the guy on the other side of the booth from me heard me say this and he leans over and goes, "What are you smoking?" And I was like, "I don't know, it's this." Thing. He goes, "Here, try one of these." And it was Oscar Valdez. Oh, dude! And you're such a fan of Oscar Valdez. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, that is I so love that. cool. Those guys, like those guys that own the companies, they they really and he, he hears you not loving floor with you. He hears you
2: not loving what you're smoking. and He's like, here, try this. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great. story. I mean, just story. randomly
1: out of the conversation,
2: such a great story. Uh, coming in in the uh, listed number eight, the Cohiba Siglo Six, which is a Cuban cigar. So the Cuban Cohiba.
1: Fantastic! Yep. If you get a real one, the problem I've had with the Cuban Cohibas is there's so many fakes out yeah. there. That uh, is what that has got to be. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are, but that's got to be one of the most counterfeited uh, yeah. cigars. Oh, in absolutely, absolutely. The Cohiba and the Monte Cristo. Yeah. At number seven, you
2: you're ready to do your little victory dance? Uh, the Oliva Serie V, Milano Maduro
1: Churchill. I yeah. love the Oliva. The Oliva Serie V. Yeah. Um, and and since we had Trenton on the last time, I forgot just how much I love that cigar. Mm-hmm. And I have gone back to Oliva. Has now recently been one of the most uh, frequent in my humidor. <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. They're so
2: good. Uh, here's what cigar aficionado writes about it as they rank it number seven. They say it's not as if the Oliva Serie V Milanio needed improvement. With its Sumatra seed wrapper and bold blend of Nicaraguan tobacco, the cigar was already a complex smoke that was both critically and commercially successful. That didn't stop Oliva from taking it to the next level, which it did when it came out with the same cigar in a Maduro version. Mm. Changing the Sumatra wrapper to a dark leaf of a Mexican San Andres turned an already extraordinary cigar into an absolute blockbuster. And it
1: is amazing.
2: Yeah, it really is. 100%. It really is. By the way, I'm down to two of the box you split with me of the
1: uh, limited release. I have three left. Oh,
2: you have more than me.
1: I have three. But quick, this, quick this look over there. This is, <laughs> by the way, the second box that I've split. Oh, okay. See, now I understand.
2: <laughs> now I understand. At number six, the Ilusone, uh Cruzado Robusto uh, from Aganorsa Leaf. I've had the
1: cruzado, and
0: yeah, it's good. Yeah.
1: I, I the, like the Illusione stuff. I love how simple their bands are. It's just that small, simple loved, band that I for wraps whatever around reason, it. they had that MJ-12 that, that came in the um, mm. in the silver foil wrapper. was, yeah. for whatever reason, such a good uh-huh. cigar. And that just, was a good It's cigar. just remember gone. remember that,
2: yeah. Um, coming in, we're, we're top five now. The Casa Cuba Doble Cuatro. Uh, this uh-huh. is a Fuente cigar made by Tabacalera a Arturo Fuente. Oh, that's where I've heard. It's of Casa a Dominican Cuba. cigar, a sentimental nod to the past. They say Casa Cuba evokes the early era in an Arturo Fuente cigar company's timeline when the family was producing cigars with Cuban tobacco on the back porch of their home in Tampa. Mm. That's the memory of the late Carlos Fuente Sr. And it was the idea behind Casa Cuba, which he was the last blend, the last blend he created before he died mm. in. Uh, 2016. So uh, it is a uh, ten dollar and eighty five cent cigar. Uh, it's a four and a half by fifty four, and it comes in at number five on cigar aficionados' list of the top cigars of 2022. At number four, the Partagas Serie D. Number four, putting, yes, putting another Cuban cigar on yes. the uh, list. But that, you've had that. Friends, I bought those. I brought those into. That you. is a blockbuster of that a is great a cigar. Absolutely it's amazing. Really, cigar. really wonderful. It's been really wonderful. This stout is just—it's just it's ridiculous, isn't it? It it's makes ridiculous. me cry a little bit. It's ridiculous. I—I uh, uh, I kind of want to, you know. This stout cannot cry, so I cry for it. I kind of want to rub it on my nipples, and they're not even sensitive. I only said that because I knew you
1: were going to. I feel like I've heard that before. And I wanted to beat you to it.
2: (laughs) At number three, I reviewed this cigar earlier, uh, well, uh, late last year on the show, the San Cristobal (laughs) Quintessence Churchill. I was waiting for you to say, I reviewed this cigar earlier today. No, that one didn't show up so well. Uh, There are five different uh, lines in the San Cristobal series, all with different wrappers and flavor profiles. But the one that stood out this year, they say, was the San Cristobal Quintessence Churchill. And it is... uh, (laughs) <clears throat> made in Nicaragua with Nicaraguan filler and binder and a wrapper from Ecuador. And I got to say, I have loved every San Cristobal cigar I have smoked. They just yeah. feel like, they almost feel like you're taking a little. And that's one you don't vacation. see everywhere right. either. <clears throat> right. But they're good. So we're up to number two the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary Nicaragua number two. The one that you had the, you know, brazen gall to smoke and review the week I wasn't on the show. (laughs)
1: Uh, Let me tell you something about that cigar. Mm -hmm. Man, was it good. Yeah. Uh, So
2: this is a $16.43 cigar suggested retail. You may pay more depending on what state you have to buy cigars in. Uh, But uh, this is made in honor of the anniversary of... um, of the uh, the cigar company Of Monte Cristo And uh, they thought you know When we're going to handle a heritage brand Like Monte Cristo um, Rafael Nadal who's uh, the chief cigar maker For their company uh, Reached out to someone he thought would be The right person to blend this cigar And guess who that was Is this number 4 on the list AJ Fernandez number <laughs> 4 on the list You nailed it my friend Unless there's an AJ at number 1 You nailed it why did I say three? I should have said four. Oh uh, come on! I'm you the, didn't I'm have the, faith. I'm the AJ fanboy. I should have been the one who you thought you didn't he was have gonna, faith. Yeah, so that's number two. And I, I'm going to tell you, Ian. I have not smoked that cigar yet, so I'm like, I'm saving my money up, and I'm going to buy me one of those.
1: That's a good cigar.
2: I can't wait. Number one on Cigar Fishing list, and the cigar of the year. The Padron 1964 Anniversary Series Torpedo, the natural version. Uh, And that is. That's hard to argue with. You know, I'm just going to say the last couple of those I've had, while they've certainly been wonderful, have not knocked me over the way a few other cigars
1: I've had have done. Their Anniversario (laughs) Series, Mm -hmm. if it says Anniversary on it, it's not going to suck. Like, I'll agree with that. It's just, it's just not like, and they're expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, they, as soon as they put that name on it, it's over twenty bucks.
2: Seventeen eighty is what it suggests. for Seventeen eighty.
1: Okay, so I lied. It's over fifteen bucks. Anyway,
2: but it depends where you buy it, again, and what right, state right. you're in, and
1: what the taxes. If are. If it's like. in New York, it's like thirty five bucks. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, uh, a
2: second mortgage on your home <laughs> you required. Right, you actually cigar. have to
1: sign paperwork mm-hmm. and make payments mm-hmm. on that cigar. Uh, but, uh, but the truth is, uh, with any of the Anniversario stuff, they're all good. Mine, my absolute favorite out of that line is the 45th. Yeah, the forty fifth anniversary. I think is such a special. But I cigar. will say,
2: and I've had this one. It is a really,
1: really nineteen twenty six is fantastic. Yeah, it's
2: really, really, really. Absolutely.
1: Cigar. Someone hands you one of those. It's not like I'm going to be like, well, you know what's better than that? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody hands
2: you one of those. You take it and walk to the other corner of the room before they realize what they've done. Yeah. You know, right. that's when you, I go. Oh wait, I meant to give you this other cigar. <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> yeah. Those are uh, no the uh, the nineteen any of the nineteen twenty six line is absolutely. Absolute primo and absolutely worth it. They're fantastic.
2: So a good year. And I don't know if Padron really needed the sales help of landing, number one. I mean, these, these no, higher price cigars why. of theirs do sell themselves. But this yeah? is
1: why Padron is where it is, too, because mm-hmm. they can still do that. Yeah. And not even with a brand-new blend. No, I know. It's the
2: blends has been around since 20—they uh, uh, were— they produced the number one cigar of 2021, but this was a cigar that was released in 1994. Yeah, amazing, huh? Yeah, amazing. It's All just right. it's
1: just one of those things. Man, Padron is, is mm-hmm. one of those where again I overla- and I don't even like. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it straight up. I don't really like a lot of their lower end cigars. I used to smoke them regularly. I don't anymore. I don't find them that interesting. Yeah, no. They're... I find at the same price point, I've found other cigars that I like better. Agree totally. But when you start getting into any of the anniversarios, yeah, man, it's hard to argue. I can't always spend that kind of money. Well, cigar aficionados, number one cigar of the year for
2: twenty twenty one, the Padron nineteen sixty four Anniversary Series Torpedo. The natural, it is a Nicaraguan Puro and made in Nicaragua. So Nicaragua scores big this year. Yeah, yeah. And so does AJ with four entries. Four entries. On the I big called 25. it. Didn't I? You I haven't even totally looked did. at that
1: list, just FYI. Totally did. I uh, called it. You owe me a beer. All right, fair enough. You did I bring think... all the beer today, so <laughs> I'll, we'll go ahead and call it even. <laughs>
2: and we'll be right back at smoking and toasting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Mm hmm. Right, this is just- I haven't thought of that in so long. That's hilarious. Yeah. If you if you remember Gangster Rap, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm.
2: Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. thank you guys so much for hanging us, uh, hanging out with us for this show. This was a fun one. Maybe it was just fun for me because it's, it's just so good to be back in the studio doing this and drinking this incredible stout. Mm. You know, we have uh, now killed this can of stout. It's so uh, man. good. Right, so I'm just going to say we had several beers that we really, really liked today. The first was the Peche from Cellis uh, uh, from Austin. Uh, the second was the Mars. Double IPA Great double IPA From Bells Brewery in Comstock, Michigan And finally from Odd Side uh, The Hazel's Nuts A 12% ABV uh, uh, Imperial Stout That was just absolutely fantastic And again, I just want to read this I know you did this earlier But Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels With coffee, coconut, natural hazelnut Toasted marshmallow That's amazing that many flavors, and they're all there, they're all and they're distinct. distinctly, yes, this. yes, absolutely. Uh, it's wonderful. And even though this can was like almost seven dollars,
1: there is completely that and totally is you right know, there. so uh, there's no muddiness to the flavors in that mm-hmm. can. Like, we can we can just rave on that can for a while if you'd like. There's no mm-hmm. muddiness to the flavors, they're all there, they're all distinct. Mm. The burnt caramel, the burnt tone, uh, uh marshmallow, it's it's so obvious, yes. Mm. All right, coming up
2: next week, next week's show, we will be uh, live on location with Jason Poehler,
0: mm-hmm. who is from
2: My Father's Cigars. They landed a big one on the uh, Top 25 list from Cigar Aficionado for this year. And uh, he'll be uh, there with us. I think we're going to be at uh, Casa de Monte Cristo. We Christo. will. I'll
1: talk to Ken and Steve over at Casa. I, love I have those confirmed guys. it. Yeah, they're so yeah. super nice to yeah. us. Yeah. So we, <laughs> every will, time. we will be there uh, doing the show uh, live.
2: That'll be coming your way next Thursday. And then on the 3rd, this has gotten delayed a couple of times because of things that he had going, but fortunately, he's enough of a gentleman that he let us know in plenty
1: of time is it gonna be tray? trey boring. Like trey boring trey
2: boring will be here and it's really timely because there's so much going on in the legal world with cigars right now yeah and he is our total uh, legal expert when it comes to cigars plus he's also a part of one of the coolest organizations i know which is cigars for warriors yeah and uh, i love helping those guys out and giving them uh, any publicity we can then the week after that is our Valentine's show it's on the 10th of february so it's our last show before valentine's day so we have invited the one and only uh, smoking and toasting wine expert Mark Burrell he to come on and recommend an wines blast. for Valentine's Day. Yeah, he's so much fun. I love fun. that guy. So I, so I can't wait for that. So a lot of good stuff coming up here. Uh, Peter Clifton's going to come on and do cocktails with us uh, in February. Uh, and Jordan Davis is going to return. He's with Heaven's Door, which is Bob Dylan's. Yeah, is it, he's uh, the one we had on last time yes, oh, with yes. Heaven's Door. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. So, and then guess who else uh, is excited about coming back to the show? Do you remember... Uh, when we had our uh, one of our cocktail experts uh, on uh, who brought along uh, Sean Anger from Fox and Seeker. Ah, oh, that was uh, Sean's going to be back
1: with us. They've got some new nice. stuff going oh, on. So Chris, yeah, because Chris reached out to me and said that they yeah. had their uh, their barrel rested gin is ready. Yes, and, and he remembered me talking, talking about, it. about yep. that. Yeah, so that's I was like, right. let's do a show, buddy. Yep.
2: yep. So that's going to be coming up. So we got a lot of great stuff coming up. We are looking forward to a very full and exciting year for uh, 2022 for Smoking and Toasting, and I believe during this year we'll hit our 300th show, won't we? Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: so that's pretty it's coming sad. up, buddy. Yeah, and it's going to be ridiculous. We're like
2: halfway to three hundred right
1: now. We are halfway to three hundred. <laughs> so, By the end of this year, we will uh-huh. be at three hundred. Oh, I well, need something to drink, don't uh,
2: I? Uh, I have some tequila here, here. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I know I brought a good IPA when you go. For a little IPA for your final toast. That makes me happy. We'll finish the IPA. That makes me happy. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Uh, Come back and uh, join us again for uh, number 267 next week uh, with Jason Poehler and we are looking forward to it in a massive way. Until then, cheers y'all. Cheers (laughs)
1: y'all. I was going to smash that against my head, but I don't think it tells me anything. What's that? It it's going to smash so it against my so head, but
0: I don't think it tells me so anything good it. <laughs> Yeah, but
2: it's sometimes-